Sure, we have 30 seconds to tell you that drivers who switch to Progressive could save big. But then what? Well, radio has been called theater of the mind. So let's tell a story with sound effects. Wow, it's like I was in the story. Almost makes me forget this was supposed to be about saving big with Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Hi, this is famous Formula One driver Will Arnett. Join me and comedian Mika Hakkinen on our new Formula One radio program, The Fast and Loose Post Show, live on AMP every race Sunday. Download the AMP app today and follow AMP Presents F1 to join the show. And the podcast continues to roll on. Today's guest is just a wonderful person, someone that I met through another connection of mine. And I think you guys are going to really love the spirit, the energy, the um, just general outlook of my next guest, Hayes Estes. Hayes is just a good dude. You know when you meet people and you're just like, man, this is just a good person, just someone I'd like to be around and they just have a good energy and spirit about them. Hayes is that type of guy, and Hayes has been in the physical therapy business for a while, and just wanted to chat with him about the ins and outs of the business, uh, the challenges, the the good things, and, and just chop it up with somebody I just enjoy speaking with, and um, I hope that you guys will enjoy the conversation that we had, so let's jump into it uh, with Hayes Estes. It is awesome to actually see you for the first time. Hey. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> Man, I so we talked uh, before, and uh, it was a great conversation. I really enjoyed speaking with you last time we spoke. Same here, man. Same here. It's very enlightening, and yeah, always like to talk to somebody else in, in the uh, the health health and wellness field, and you know, get some ideas and another perspective. And yeah, man, it was very good. You know, it's funny. I was like pacing around outside in my front yard the whole time we were talking and I was like, this is pretty awesome. Just like just walking around. I think I had like bathroom slippers on and I'm like, <laughs> and it felt like very, a very significant conversation. I really enjoyed it. You know? Yeah, man. Uh, so same here, same here. Yeah. I mean, I kind of, uh, you know, I, the way I kind of split up my days, you know, I'm treating patients, uh, a lot of the time. And then, you know, I specifically have, cause I like to break up my schedule. Cause I find some yeah. If I'm seeing patients all day long, like it's going to get monotonous. Uh, you know, I'm not going to, you know, maybe I get tired, get a little burnt out. So like, I always like to, to break in and say, all right, this is kind of like my folk, my focus time, uh, my administrative type stuff. Um, and so like things like having conversations with people like, yeah. you, you know, and doing things to help kind of work on the business. But, uh, you know, so it kind of, it, it, I like it cause it, I can quickly kind of change my mindset and it gets me to mm. think about, to get me to think about things and get out of control. Right. Yeah. So, so is networking something you've uh, increased as things have gone on in your career uh, with connecting with other people? Uh, definitely, definitely. Um, you know, it's it's one of those things where you have to learn how to 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 you have to, you have to learn how to get to know people. Um, mm -hmm. and so, you have to develop those relationships. You just like, I mean, with anything else in life, uh, to be successful, it's just you have to be someone that people can know and people can trust. Um, and that starts with just talking to people. And um, especially with, you know, I, I now am the owner of my practice. 
my name is literally on the door. Um, yeah. You know, like I, I need to be somebody that people can know and people, and people can trust. Yeah. That's what networking is. Yeah, certainly. I mean, it's definitely been a huge thing for me. And now with my podcast, I'm talking to people constantly, um, which I was doing before, but now it's just, it's getting out to kind of the world and stuff. <laughs> it's, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. Yeah, man. Yeah. Oh, that's going, yeah. man. You know, yeah. and uh, I just had a guy who was on, I just released an episode today and it was about like the, the financials of the health and wellness yeah. business. Yeah. You know, I think something we don't always talk about, whether it's physical therapy, personal training, like making money. Yeah. And what does yeah. that mean? And how do you stay afloat? And, you know, for a lot of people in health and wellness, you know, it's money is kind of a weird subject to discuss sometimes, you know, yeah. or even asking for it from people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it can mm -hmm. be very, how, how does you, I know like in physical therapy, maybe that's a different deal for you, but how do you manage that within your business with employees and things of that nature when they talk about pay and an employee and being an employee and things of that nature? Uh, so, so for my employees, you know, it's, um, you know, we kind of have this, this, uh, this attitude of we want to establish a lifestyle. So, mm -hmm. you know, I, you know, people deserve to get paid for the job that they do and mm -hmm. for the ed education they have. Um, but we also, you know, I, I, I don't, I'm not going to force people to, uh, I want people to enjoy what they do. Um, yeah. I want, I want my employees when they, when they go home to say, man, that was a good day. Uh, I helped some people. Um, I, I made people feel better and, uh, you know, I got paid accordingly, uh, for that. And, and so, you know, when we sit down, I can, I can have a conversation with one of my employees and I can say, listen, potentially you can make some more money. Um, if you go to work someplace where mm -hmm. you know, they don't value patient's care as much as we do, they don't value, um, they don't value your lifestyle as, as much as mm -hmm. you do. Um, right. Yeah. You could go and you can make that money. And you know, I don't know how happy you're going to be. I don't know how much stress mm -hmm. you're going to have, but what I can say here is, your stress is not going to be that high uh, and you will get more enjoyment out of what you do. So why do you, why do you think people get into professionally into physical therapy? Like, I mean, we talked a little bit about, you know, for yourself last time we talked, but in general, why, what's your sense of why people get involved in the business? Um, I, I mean, ostensibly everyone gets, gets into this profession because they want to help people. Um, mm -hmm. you know, that's at least, I, I mean, again, for me personally, that definitely was, was the case. Um, look, you know, we, I got a lot of student loans. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, 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 you know, the highest paid physical therapist out there probably makes, you know, maybe makes a hundred thousand uh, mm -hmm. a year. Um, and that's going to be in, a, you know, in, in certain types of settings where, you know, they don't, again, it's, it, you can make that type of money, but the average PT probably makes mm, 80 80-ish a, a year, yeah. mm -hmm. um, you know, and so, you know, don't be wrong. That's, that can be a very good lifestyle. Yeah. You can make a good living off, off of that, but you're not, I'm not going out there. I didn't buy, I'm not buying a second home. I'm not buying a boat, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, the point, so point being like, it's not, it's not a profession that people really get into to, to start rolling in the dough. Uh, it's right. It's, it's a profession where you can get, a lot of uh, intrinsic value um, uh, and a less extrinsic value. So, right, right. Well, I think a lot of these professions and that are kind of health and wellness space. It's very well. No, I mean, I guess you know. It's funny. I think people think about doctors and all that stuff. 
anything about all this money making. I know a lot of doctors. I don't think they're incredibly happy, actually, about doing what they're doing. Yeah. They like a lot of money, but incredibly stressed out in the job exactly. that they're exactly. doing. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, you know, that's, again, that's kind of the, the conversation I have whenever I, I interview someone for a potential job opening here, especially one of my clinicians. Uh, that's the conversation we have where I say, listen, you know, we have a couple ways we can do this. Uh, if you want to really just work your butt off and have a ton of stress and see a ton of patients, all right, I will pay you more. Sure. Yeah. Um, but if you want to have a lifestyle where you can go home at night and, uh, you know, not just pass out as soon as you get home and, you know, not to have have time with your family. Well, yeah. th then that's that's what we can provide. So that's not to say that we can can't be successful with uh, other external parts of, of, of the business. So, you know, potentially being a social media influencer or providing consulting work and things like that, like that. That type of stuff, you can definitely be successful and be a physical therapist. But in terms mm. of ju just being a treating clinician, uh, there is probably a cap to how much you can make with that. So, but there are other right. to make money. How does how does social media play and influencing and all that? How does that play into physical therapy as a business? Uh, so it's it, it definitely can get your name out there. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, I view it as um, a way to kind of establish my brand. Um, you know, so I, I try to, I, I try to provide content that I think that people want, um, but I also living in a evidence-based world, mm -hmm. uh, I want to have something behind it. So to say, Hey, listen, this is what the evidence shows is the best for this condition, um, something along those lines. So, you know, I, I try to have some fun sometimes too, you know, yeah. <laughs> I, I put a video up about a month or so ago where I was rapping, um, you know, are you serious? <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm, I'm not really a rapper. Let's put it that way. So, okay. You know, I get I, it. I try, yeah. I, I try to have some fun with it too, because you know, that's what social media is supposed to be. Social media is supposed uh -huh. to be fun, maybe, maybe informative. Um, and, and you know, and that's, that's what it is. And that's the way I view it. So yeah, in terms of, and like so, and I, we get every once in a while. I get a patient and says, "Hey, yeah, I saw you on Instagram, and I, I think you can help me out." And like, fantastic, um, you know. So it, it, it it's less to get patients per se, mm -hmm. and, and it's more, uh, I think, just to kind of let people know that you're out there and that you are accessible. Right, right. Is there? Uh, I gotta watch that. I gotta see that wrapping. Uh, I, I might have to take. I might have to take it down. Yeah, did you say you did, you did <laughs> no, the no, famous move, not. put it up, and then take it off? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not. You know, it's still not. out there, right? So it's, it's still yeah, out exactly. there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody has it. If you have it, I want it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> Is it's there a dark there. side? Is there yeah. like a dark side to social media and physical therapy? Like you know, in like fitness, there's like weird social media influencers and strange stuff going on. That's like it's like a separate business. Is there a part of that in physical therapy? Uh, yeah, I definitely would say so. Uh, you know, unfortunately, I don't, I don't know if it's bigger than uh, or smaller than uh, other uh, health and uh -huh. wellness professions. But yeah, yeah, man. I mean, it's there's going to be a dark side to all all that type of stuff. So yeah, you know, it's, and and like I said, that's why I try to keep stuff on the lighter side. Um, mm -hmm. You know, social media, the whole thing, everything can be relatively anonymous. You know, you can just drop comments and stir up stir up the pot and then walk away 
Um, and meanwhile, you've just left people burnt behind you. Um, right. So, yeah. And, you know, and then it also, fortunately, it's a real easy way to to basically slander or someone and say and say, listen, hey, this is what this person is doing. Yeah. Uh, it could be completely false. So, right. Yeah. What is the um, like if I were to talk to a bunch of physical therapists, what would they say is maybe the most pressing issue in physical therapy today? As it stands, I, I would say probably the um, the autonomy or lack thereof mm. of our profession. Um, you, you know, I so to become a doctor of physical therapy, you have to have a four year bachelor's degree, and mm -hmm. then it's a, a three year uh, three year graduate program, and then you take and uh, pass a, uh, a national exam. Mm -hmm. And you have a state legislative exam as well. Um, in our education, it, we have all been taught as doctors of physical therapy how to diagnose and treat um, musculoskeletal, well, in, in orthopedic world at least, musculoskeletal disorders. Mm -hmm. um, and so, but more importantly, we have been taught to recognize when someone is presenting with something that is not musculoskeletal, uh, it is what they have what's called red flags uh, mm -hmm. that war warrant. Um, a, a, a immediate referral out to uh, someone else who knows who works with that. Right. So people are, I think that um, in my opinion, uh, there's still kind of this belief and, and I see it when I do health fairs too. And I tell people this and they're like, Oh really? I can go straight to physical therapy. I don't need a medical doctor referral. And it's kind of a little hmm. of disbelief of, Oh wait, you guys know how to do that. And the answer is, yeah, we, we know how to do that. <laughs> that's, that's what I went to school for. I passed this exam, um, you know, so that's, that is probably the, that to me is the, is the biggest issue in our profession. Um, because there, you know, again, I say this with all due respect to physicians. My father is a physician. My, uh, my grandfather is a physician. And yeah. I, you know, I, so the American medical association has kind of got a stranglehold, um, on, um, on healthcare and and what right, the right. Pro and what the process should be. Sorry about my phone. I'm gonna get that. In a it's okay, man. Um, it's totally yeah. okay. <laughs> um, but on what the process should be in terms of something as simple as you know low back pain. So low low back pain um, is a common condition that people get yeah. all the time. Fifty percent of the population is going to experience low back pain severe enough to the point where they have to seek healthcare. Um, it's pretty straightforward to diagnose, uh, especially right. in, in acute instances. And, you know, I don't need to go get an x-ray. I don't need to go get an MRI, <laughs> you know, and all that type of stuff. If I just <laughs> bent over and hurt my back trying to, you know, pick up my grandkid, you know. Yeah. So, so that's so autonomy in the profession is something that I think that um, we really need to work on. So interesting. Interesting. That's um, now as um, now a lot of people like when they're going into physical therapy, are they they're going to work at a clinic like yours pretty much? Or is there what are the options generally for people? So there, there's a variety of settings. Um, it depends on it depends on the setting. So what I mean is so there's uh, there's outpatient orthopedic physical therapy, which is mm -hmm. what, what I do, what we practice. There's uh, neurological physical therapy. Um, so things like, um, traumatic brain injuries, strokes, yeah. uh, those type of things. There's pediatrics. Uh, you can go mm. work in a, an acute setting. You can work in a hospital. You can work in a skilled nursing facility. Um, you know, so on and so forth. Um, even an emergency room potentially. So, um, 
so point being like uh yes the majority of people work in outpatient orthopedic physical yeah. therapy and so they work in in a clinical setting um and so it's a, it's an office or clinic type environment similar to i would say similar to a gym um, yeah in, in that type of setting and then potentially they have like we have i'm sitting in one right now we have private examination rooms as well right so in case we need to provide the patient a little um, extra privacy then we do we have something to afford that gotcha yeah, yeah. now so this, this is going to take you back okay we're going to go backwards <laughs> yeah. here hey please do yeah. i want you to think about the first person first patient you ever had now yeah. what was that like i mean imagine that first time you had a patient what, what was running through your mind you thought man i'm actually doing this job like what what did you, what did you think um i was like please don't break them uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know i <laughs> Uh, you know, I, that, yeah, that was pretty much it. I was like, I, I just, I want this person to feel better. Um, mm -hmm. what, what can I do to make this person feel better and, and like me? Uh, yeah. And yeah, uh, that, that, that was, that was my thought process. Uh, yeah. It was my first, the first time I was out there practicing on my own. So, yeah. <laughs> so what would you tell you? So the experienced you now, what would you tell the beginner you that um, would be different? That it's really hard to break anybody uh, you know, so, <laughs> let's go let's back to that <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah the body the body is is a is a lot more resilient mm. than we give it credit for and regardless of of, of age um the the body is is resilient man and and, and people can bounce back um mm. and people people can make and recover and uh and and so if i do some sort of strength testing on a patient um, and I see uh, an intern do it and they, you know, barely touch someone with their fingers, like as light as a feather. Mm -hmm. And I come behind and I'm, I'm, I'm a bigger guy, man. Like I, you know, so I'm, I, I'm, I'm pushing about 220. So yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, you're I, bringing the power. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, so I, um, I, I, and I put my almost full effort into it and, and I, and I showed, and I demonstrate to my interns and I say, look, you need to actually test this person um, and provide a, a stimulus that is actually going to elicit the response that you're mm -hmm. looking for. Um, and the body, it takes a lot of force for the, for something quote unquote bad to happen <laughs> to the body. So, yeah. <laughs> like I really have to get him just to really break him, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I, yeah. <laughs> what do you think about, you know, so students, you know, and they're thinking of getting into the profession. What do you think that they're maybe? Maybe what are some misconceptions about being in uh, the physical therapy profession for people who are just starting out or just considering it? Um. So, in terms of being a student, or just uh, like a student, say, "Hey, I want to actually go into this profession," and they, okay. but maybe they think one thing, but the reality is very different. Okay. Like. Yeah. So that's probably an easier question to answer. Uh, I, you know, and, and that's, I still, we still get it to, to this day, um, despite my, my effort to brand myself. Mm -hmm. um, you know, people oftentimes confuse us with um, being massage therapists. Uh, <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Massage yeah. therapists. Are you yeah, serious? Yeah. Yeah. You know, because, well, so look, soft tissue work can be a part of physical therapy. Sure. It can, de it can definitely help. Um, but people have, and gone to other quote unquote physical therapists before, uh, and whether they were, actually, I, yeah, I like the quotations, physical therapists. Well, 
because well that's the thing so people so there are um so the the word i think the word physical therapy is not protected mm -hmm. uh physical therapist is and so mm -hmm. people can claim to provide physical therapy and there are no legal repercussions ah, so, right. so meaning they can take advantage of people who don't quite know what physical therapy is and, and say and they've been referred in, to go to physical therapy and then basically they just getting massage uh they're receiving you know modalities uh, right they're, right they're not actually engaging in the process and to clarify because uh, you know if other pts are listening to this uh, oh they will <laughs> yeah, you know things like soft tissue work massage hot packs cold packs electrical stimulation that all, all that stuff can have a place in physical therapy but if that is your main focus if that is what you're telling people is the only thing that's going to help them get better mm -hmm. and that's the only thing that you're using in your clinical skill set you're not providing physical therapy so mm. the misconception is that i have patients who have gone to other places where they have gone quote unquote physical therapy and, mm -hmm. then, and then when we sit down we talk to them and we say all right it's time to move they kind of have a wait we're gonna work out <laughs> why yeah, are we moving yeah. why are we moving? <laughs> yeah so and that's that and that's fine and that actually gives me a chance to provide more education to patients that come into my clinic and i say listen this is what is going to be the most effective thing to get you back to doing the things that you love so because we talk less and less about how pain specifically is affecting people. And we talk more about what do you want to be able to do? Do you want to be able to go and walk on the beach without knee pain? Do you want to be able to, you know, do you want to be able to go to CrossFit and perform a, a snatch without shoulder pain? Yeah. You know, and, and so we will help you get there. And this is, these are the things that are going to help you get there. This is what evidence has shown time and time again is the most effective way to achieve your goals is exercise. Now, is there any, uh, well, I don't know if this is the right thing, but is there any controversy in terms of what is the right thing or not the right thing to do in terms of basic care? Or is there research out there that I'm curious about research in different fields and what does, you know, research say in terms of the most effective things or modalities or approaches to use for helping patients get well? Is there anything out there that's like, oh, it's very controversial, you know? Um, I mean, I wouldn't say that there's anything that's controversial. I think, I think it's more that there's a, uh, there's there, you know, younger clinicians and I still kind of put myself in that field. I've been practicing for, you know, over seven years now. Um, yeah. but you know, I, I think that anyone who's kind of uh, has my experience or less experience, sometimes there can be a, um, you know, a hard line that they draw and say, oh, no, this is what the evidence says. This is the only mm. thing that you do. Well, look, there definitely is room for things like placebo. Um, mm -hmm. again, going back to, you know, potentially some, you know, ultrasound or hot pack or soft tissue work. Um, there's definitely some, some room for that type of stuff in there. And there's definitely also room for um, anecdotal things, you know. Right. Um, and, and as long as, as long as um, we are being uh, appropriate in terms of our education to the patients and, and saying not say, not making up some sort of voodoo magic, <laughs> you can you can live you can live in both worlds. And I think that I think that that I think that that's kind of the uh, I think I think that that's what there's a kind of a line in the sand, so to speak, between yeah. 
some clinicians are like hard lined, like evidence based mm. practice. No, right. the, the research only shows that this is effective. I'm not going to do anything else. Um, and there's and, and there are people who kind of go the opposite. They're like, well, in my clinical experience, this is what's happened. I don't have any evidence behind it. And I think right. can, there's a solid middle ground where you can achieve the best outcome for the patient. Um, and that, I think that that's probably the most controversial thing in PT right now um, as to you know, in terms of in terms of the profession and how how people practice within the profession, is there? Um, I was you got me thinking about kind of like icing and cold and hot packs and stuff. You're saying yeah. it, and I've seen some research that has very mixed feelings or mixed findings about the effectiveness of those approaches. W what have you seen out there? So, pretty much anything beyond about. I don't have the study off the top of my head, mm -hmm. <laughs> but, you know, uh, pretty much anything beyond about 72 hours there, any, anything after that, there's not going to be really an effect on things like the inflammatory condition. Uh, so mm -hmm. within point being within about the first, like 48, 72 hours, ice can help reduce, uh, inflammation, reduce swelling. Once mm -hmm. we get kind of past like the 72 hour mark, um, they're the only thing that ice and heat are going to do at that point is going to be some sort of pain reduction stimulus. Mm. Yeah. So I see. Um, that's why that's why the uh, the healthcare profession, uh, you know, physicians, physical therapists alike are moving away from rice uh, as an intervention after an acute injury and moving towards um, general movement, you know, it's basic range of motion exercises, um, mm -hmm. I, I, isometric strengthening exercises to actually kind of, again, thwart the, uh, what we call improper neuromodulation mm -hmm. uh, so, so that the body, um, does not associate, or it is a lesser chance that the body associates movement with pain. Mm. Interesting. So when, when did that happen with the, I remember learning about rice when I was in college and the whole thing. And yeah. when did that shift start occurring? That's been relatively recent. I'd say within the last two to three years. Yeah. Wow. Really? It's been relatively recent. Yeah. I mean, I still, when I was, you know, when I was in PT school, it was still the, yeah. the, the right, the rice acronym was still heavily used. As yeah. Well. Yeah. And yeah, I think the last two to three years has been uh, more of a push towards, towards that. Yeah. Was it a research-based deal for that, that kind of converted people to that? Or what, what do you think that was? Um, I probably, I, mean, I think with a lot of, um, with a lot of research, there's initially a lot of, uh, people kind of go against the grain and, mm -hmm. you know, and they kind of, there's kind of like a little bit of groundswell almost where, um, they're like, well, you know what, man, this, I've been icing my knee for the last week and it hasn't done anything. The swelling is still there. It still hurts. Let me just try to, yeah. move it. let me just try to move it and see what happens. And they're like, Oh, look, lo and behold, uh, a week goes by. <laughs> I have more range of motion. My pain is better. <laughs> I can get back and do stuff. And I'm like, wait, oh, well, maybe I should, maybe we should study this and see is, yeah. is this RICE uh, acronym that we've been practicing really the most effective way mm. to this type of stuff? So, yeah. Right, I, because the focus was basically on more of like just relaxing and just, you know, rest, ice, compression, elevation. You're just kind of yeah. there, mm -hmm. lift your legs up, the whole thing. Yeah. But now more movement-based recovery. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's, it's, it, I feel like that's kind of merging with a lot of like what I've seen in fitness is a big emphasis on mobility, stability, um, 
uh, and obviously strengthening, but there, there's a more, uh, definitely more mobility-based stuff I'm seeing. Mm -hmm. Kind of graduate from functional training, but more mobility-based stuff, which I find interesting. I want to ask you a question, though. Do you think that a lot of people, the people you, that maybe not even that come seeing you, because, you know, I mean, it's, they're your clients, patients, whatever, but yeah. observing, are people's injuries generally more self-inflicted, or is it just like, you know where I'm going, <laughs> like, yeah. Or is it just like, hey, it just happened to me? Like, is this like, hey, you get a lot of guys that are like 45-year-old guys trying to play pickup basketball again? Yeah. No, no, man. Look, people, uh, and I, I include myself in this because uh, I have, that's how I got into physical therapy with my knee injuries and my surgeries. Yeah. I mean, you know, have you heard of the Darwin Awards? Uh, no. <laughs> it sounds so, weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, um, I don't know if they're fictitious or if there's an actual award, um, but point being, um, and I'll, I'll try not to go too too dark with this, but basically, <laughs> for when when people when people get uh, horribly maimed or or die uh, because of uh -huh. something horrendously stupid that they've done, uh, then there is a a publication that um, awards them the Darwin Award. Oh, um, okay. And they have essentially weeded themselves out of. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> so, I, I use that as a preface <laughs> to answer your question. Um, okay. <laughs> which is, um, yeah, people, people were dumb. People, <laughs> <laughs> we all, but again, I'm a person. I'm a person. So, right. Again, you know, I, you know, people, we're going to do dumb stuff. And, and you know, yeah, I, yeah, so, yeah. and so point being, yeah. The majority of the time, it's it's self inflicted. It's self inflicted. It's either, yeah. It's either uh, you ignored the warning signs, and mm. you just kind of push through it. Right. Uh, right. Or you know, look, uh, we have egos. Uh, our ego gets in the way, and we do something that we probably weren't able to do. Um, yeah. You, so the majority of the time, it's people come to us because of self inflicted. Uh, I'll call you know pain or injuries. So with that said, of course people get hurt. They did nothing wrong, and they right. But yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> Don't get a lot of people who are like I got dressed in the morning and I hurt my back type of people. And stuff, yeah. You know? yeah, and so and so some, but and that kind of comes back to the mindset of why well, didn't do yeah. anything wrong? I didn't do anything wrong. I just right. over. my back went out. Well, you know, you probably ignored the signs that like your back, you know, you're kind of weak. Um, maybe you were you, you ignored your body mechanics. Um, you know, haven't you stopped going to the gym for a month before that? And then, you yeah, kind of, you know, so there were warning signs leading up to that. It was not completely, um, you know, you were not completely fault free. You know, it's interesting. I always find like I've had over 20 years of training, like people come to me and go, I've had a lot of knee pain or my hips hurt or so forth. And then we start training and we start doing, you know, actually actually moving their body regularly, then start adding some external resistance and go, my knee doesn't hurt anymore. Yeah. Like, you know, Weird. it's magic. It's magic. <laughs> yeah, it's magic. You yeah. started moving. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But then, but sometimes they think that, they have a really serious problem. Like, yeah. oh man, my knee is shredded. Like it's just bad, like constant pain. I'm like, okay, well let, let's just see. It's, it's, let's understand what, you know, what's going on here. The, the joint and the lack of movement, whole thing. And I, I think it's, it's just interesting. I think people, 
they get an injury and say, like, oh, I got the old football injury here, you know, yeah. playing soccer or something. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. I feel like a lot is self-inflicted. I asked that because I was like, it's probably true. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yep, it is. It is. You know, yeah. do you have, so are you getting, so here's the controversial thing. Like, it's not as new anymore, but I used to hear from a lot of physical therapists that they were seeing a lot of people from, shall I say, super over uh, overloading-based activities like CrossFit, that they were like, it was a boom in their business because of tremendous injuries occurring from just people overloading too much and things. Yeah. Are, are you seeing that now or have you seen it in so, your practice? Yes. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I'm, I have my USAW. Um, mm-hmm. um, I myself, you know, in my workouts, I do a kind of a combination of powerlifting and, and Olympic lifts. Um, yeah. And I, so I work and I work a lot with CrossFitters in the area um, and, and yes, you know, we get people in here from overuse injuries, overloading mm-hmm. injuries. Um, so it definitely is happening, but I, I don't, I, I don't think it's, I, I don't think it's any more, um, with CrossFit than it is with gymnastics. Um, and right. Going, going, going back to, I think it's just more, again, we live in an age of social media. Everybody's got access to, to mm-hmm. everything and, um, it's just, it's people are more aware of it. Um, and the lack of education just attributes to, Oh, you're doing this new weird exercise called CrossFit. <laughs> no, man, like g- gymnastics is kind of weird too. Like, you know, like yeah. Simone Biles is not, she's like a freak, man. Like she's not human. He's not human. He's not human. Like, no. and you go take like your average, like 16 year old and have her try to do, you know, flips all day long. <laughs> I guarantee you, she's not going to feel as, as great as Simone Biles does. So, you know, and, and it's, it's just, it's a weird position that we put our bodies in. Um, it's just that people kind of attribute that to, oh, well, it's just weird. You're adding this external load with this yeah. these weird movements. And you're like, but you're, you're, the thought is the body's not supposed to do that. Well, the yeah. body can do, the body can do a lot of things. So, um, yeah, I think that's, I think that's really the answer as to why there's a quote unquote boom with CrossFit is just that. You know, it was easily accessible. Um, people were like, oh, all I got to do is just pick this barbell up and throw it over my head. Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. You know, a lot more into it than that. And, and oh, of course. Of, yeah. And you combine, but you also combine, I think, honestly, just social media and, and people just more aware of its presence than things like, again, gymnastics. So, and gymnastics to me always seems like a, a very injury prone sport. I mean, I, I knew so many gymnasts who were just destroyed their bodies. Like, yeah. It was like crazy. Yeah. These little mini mites out there, you know, and just mm-hmm. a lot it's of pressure weird. on their body. Yeah. You put, a, again, you put your body in some weird positions and, you know, you don't have to have a barbell over your head to put your body in weird positions. Right. So, you know, it's just that, and again, going back to research, there's, they've done, uh, you know, just in, injury incidences, uh, in, incident studies comparing CrossFit to things like weightlifting, uh, uh-huh. you know, Olympic weightlifting and gymnastics and CrossFit is lower than, than those or the same. Interesting. Yeah. Very yeah. interesting. Now, do you think that some people are more genetically predisposed to be kind of more resilient from in, like, you know, some people you feel like they're like more injury prone. Mm-hmm. Is that, yeah. some, do you think that is, or some people it's just like, they just get injured all the time, no matter what. <laughs> so, if I do, it's not me. We're not talking about me, by yeah. the way. Okay? 
I'm asking, I'm asking this is not, for, I'm not asking for advice. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so let's put it this way. If, if I do see someone, uh, especially if they're a patient of mine, I'm not going to say that to their face. <laughs> okay. Okay. Because, yeah. Because then, well, because then I've just lost all trust uh, and, and they're yeah, like, well, yeah. so this is going to happen regardless. Um, you can't do anything to help me out. Right. So, right. You know, with, with that said, we used to have in some PT school, there was, um, you know, a little saying we'd have for those type of people who were a little more clumsy. They, yeah. we, would call them, we would call them motor morons. Um, motor you know, morons. Okay. Motor morons. You know, they had little, little less awareness of mm. their body, a little less control of their body, but, you know, like with anything, people can improve. Um, and so I think that when you see someone uh, who is a little, a little bit of a klutz, a little mm-hmm. uh, you know, seems to be injury prone, they, they probably haven't had the correct, either they don't care. And they're just like, well, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna be this way, which is fine. Yeah. You can that. Or they haven't, that really hasn't been addressed. Um, you know, so I give an example, you know, we just, I just evaluated a patient, uh, earlier this afternoon, um, younger kid, 13. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, he, um, was, he's, he's seeing us for knee pain. Uh, he was born with, with hip dysplasia. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, his, his parents were told, oh, it's a mild case. He'll probably just outgrow it. Well, mm-hmm. lo and behold, nothing was done and he didn't outgrow it. Um, he's got some pretty significant gait deficits. Um, he, he can still play basketball and run, but now he's developing knee and ankle pain because of right. the way he walked, because his hips are malpositioned and right. he's lacking the control of his hips. And that's driving the, the pain at his knee. And so, for example, his plan of care, we're going to do a lot of these weird control type exercises. Mm. I'm not going to worry about how much the kid can squat. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, or working on his vertical jump, I'm going to say, look, man, you, you don't have control of your foot. We need to work on just controlling that so you can walk better. And then we can focus on stuff like, you know, squatting, you know, lunging, that type of stuff. Gotcha. So. Gotcha. Now, do you ever, um, with people, and I had like 10 thoughts that literally just went my mind. <laughs> and so I do this whole thing. Like yeah. I listen and it's like explosion of ding, ding, ideas. Ding. I'm like, oh man, I, I'm, I'm, I'm the same way. I'm the same way. That's why I don't, I don't script this stuff. That's why I can't, I don't like, let me read this yeah. question for Hayes. Uh, I just go in it. I'm like, we're going to see what's going to happen here, man. Like <laughs> you know, it. it's just free flowing type of thing. But I, I wonder it makes me wonder, like, what do you recommend? You so say you're, you're exercising, obviously. You know, not everybody in your profession, and I even not in my profession, actually exercise, <laughs> which is strange to hear. What's your take on somebody, like, once they're done with physical therapy and you say, hey, you, we need to go out there, you need to strengthen your body. More, what do you, what's the approach? I know it's different with different people, but what's the general approach that you're providing people about their activity or movement exercise program after they're done with physical therapy? So most people come to see us because they're in pain. And at at some point, at some point during their plan of care, inevitably I will have this conversation and the question will come up and and they'll say, so I'm feeling better, but, but what if the pain comes back? What do I do? And I say, well, what do you think we did to get you pain free? (laughs) <laughs> oh okay 
So it kind of, it, it, kick, it kicks in. And if still, if it doesn't kick in, then I'll have to, I'll say, all right, well, look, there are a couple of choices we can do. You can um, take some pain medication, which may reduce your pain in the short term. Um, it does not address the actual underlying, mm-hmm. underlying issue as to what's going on. Um, also, there are some pretty bad side effects to the pain medication that, that you may go to take. Or, uh, and that you can take on a daily basis or as needed. Uh, or your option B is, hey, look, we've done some exercise. We've improved your mobility, improved your strength. Um, that has reduced your pain. And also the <coughs> side effect, the side effects of exercise, they're actually good side effects where yeah. you can do things like elevate your mood, uh, reduce blood pressure, um, you know, improve cardiovascular health, improve bone density, the list goes on and on and on. And usually when I say something along those lines, it kind of clicks and they say, oh, okay, so this is going to be a, a lifelong thing. And I'm like, yep, this is a yeah. lifelong thing. Uh, you know, I hate to break it to you, but, um, you know, yeah, that's, that's, that's how it's going to be. So, um, you know, in terms of specifics with people, um, the main thing I say is, look, just don't stop moving. If you stop, yeah. if you stop moving, then that's when the body is going to, is going to, everything's going to kind of rear its ugly head and pain yeah. comes back. All that stuff comes back. So the I answer, I say, look, you know, there's one, there's one thing out there that has been definitively proven to not work for pain. And that is bed rest. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Move. Just move. So. Do you have people like, um, I, I know where I'm going with this, but I got to start with this. <laughs> like, do you have people who are like repeat customers? Like. <laughs> yes. Yes, we do. <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> right. They're there. They come back. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so. I don't, I don't mind that. Um, I, I guess I mind it in the sense that, um, you know, because I'll have the question. I'm like, so you're back to the same thing? Um, and they'll say, yeah, kind of mm-hmm. stop doing my exercises. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll get you going again. Um, <laughs> you know, so at, at some point, and that's, and again, look, the good news is that with, uh, so we take insurance. We also take self-pay mm-hmm. patients. Um, the good news is that with a lot of insurances, especially Medicare, they're starting to recognize the importance of, of maintenance. And look, I'll, uh, I love my father. I'm going to use him as an example right now. Okay. Um, and I'll deal with repercussions later. My That's father, right. He's, he's, a, he's a physician. Um, he, uh, you know, I don't know, around the time I was born, hurt his knee, probably tore a meniscus. Um, mm-hmm. And probably about four or five years ago, uh, ended up having, um, a, you know, an arthroscopic surgery to, to clean it up. Um, knee pain went away with that. And then, and then the last, you know, it's probably six, nine months, knee pain has come back. Um, and, and I, at the time, you know, before the first surgery, I said, look, come on, dad, just, you got, all you gotta do is some exercises. And yeah. I went, I went through the effort of taking him <clears throat> to his, to the gym where he lived. I had him practice exercises. I, I purchased him and my mom like three months worth of gym memberships and Mm -hmm. i like here's your exercise plan i could not have scripted it out any easier for him (laughs) well you know you know the rest of the story he did not do his exercises Mm -hmm. um and his knee pain is not coming back and and so i had a conversation i go look uh you gotta move man you gotta do what i told you to do and and so that will work with a lot of people some people just doesn't work and so some people for a lot of a reason, um, motivation or, um, you know, lack of, I don't know, uh, they just can't get to the gym. 
uh, or mm-hmm. they can't they can't get themselves to do whatever it may be. Uh, some people just need to physically come to a place for the to so they they can then do what they need to do. So I mean, I'm sure you kind of you see it with you have yeah of so your own. You know, some people are like I can't I can't stick to my own workout program. I need someone yeah. to, to train me. All right, that's yeah. fine. And so that's essentially that's essentially that what I have the conversation I have with people. So as long as I say, look, are, are you willing to put in a little work? And if they say yes, then I say you are welcome here anytime. Right. Yeah. You have people that okay. Here's the next part of this. This maybe this could be weird, <laughs> but let's let's get you weird. People, you think let's get weird. Uh, yeah. just, maybe take a slightly dark turn here. <laughs> okay. Um, maybe it's not dark. Maybe it's just weird. Do you have people like? I'm not saying this has happened, but like they come, they're just there kind of like they're kind of hurt, but maybe not. They just like being there for the socialization. You ever heard of people like like you ever heard of like pe- like pe- people go to hospitals and you think mm-hmm. some people go there just to yeah. actually talk to people oh, yeah. like just to be there. They're like, oh, I got an injury sometimes. I mean, they're in the emergency room. People, they're always in the emergency room. Yeah. You know? Yes. Do you ever experience anything like that? Uh, yes. <laughs> I know it. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. And, you know, it's, again, look, you know, it, it, my job is to um, pick people apart physically. Uh, so when they come mm-hmm. in, look, I can, I can find an impairment. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not making it up. I can find an area yeah. that they need to address, uh, an area of pain or stiffness or weakness that can um, help them do the things they want to do. Um, you know, so I guess we kind of tr- cross in line of like, as long as someone is not completely malingering um, and they're yeah. not making stuff up, look, you know, they're moving, they're exercising, they're receiving the health benefits of being here, social and physical. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'll, I'll kind of deal with it uh, <laughs> a little bit. Um, you know, with that said, we always kind of, you know, there is there is an ethical side to mm-hmm. uh, to to what we do. I can't just keep someone here forever. Um, yeah, because that's just for a variety of reasons, it's not an ethical thing to do. Right, and so that's where our objective data collection comes into play. So, it, you know, our initial evaluation, we we collect objective data, and that's going to be outcome measures. Um, you know, like kind of questionnaires that the patient fills out. Um, mm-hmm. our, our functional screenings that we do are strength tests our range of motion um you know all that stuff kind of is objective data collection and so then uh, when it comes time for reassessment i will we'll redo all that type of stuff we'll compare it to the first visit and we'll have a conversation with the patient especially someone that you're talking about say hey oh yeah look um here's the thing you're not any better so (laughs) physical therapy might not be the best thing for you um you know, so yeah, you know, but if someone is if someone is progressing, they're getting stronger, they have less pain, they have more, yeah, and they can do what they want to do, they can do it better, um, you know, and but they still have a little bit of some nagging stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, again, they're here, they're willing to put in the effort. Um, I, I can I can deal with um, someone wanting a little social time. Uh, <laughs> You know, so the alternative, let's put it this way. The alternative is probably uh, not very good for them. Um, so, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I was just curious because, you know, uh, I, I think a lot of trainers experience this with a lot of clients that it's, they're actually really not trying to become 
whatever outcome or measure of fitness it may yeah. be. Yeah. It's more of that they are craving somebody to speak to them, actually. Yeah. And actually, I found that I think one of the biggest things I would tell my 41-year-old self would tell my 22-year-old self, a lot of this is companionship. <clears throat> like, and exercise is a part, a big part of it, but a lot of it is just having another person to talk to. And I found that that becomes more important the older the client gets, that yes. they become so like, because your, your, your field of people you know kind of shri starts shrinking as you get older and older. And then people draw in, inward towards like their families and people are busy. And then maybe you get older people and then they're just, they're uh, empty nesting. And you start realizing how little interaction people have with other human beings on a regular basis. And then you become their interaction. And they're like, and they're totally willing to pay for it because they're like, I just want somebody to talk to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think in, you know, health, uh, as a, whether you're a personal trainer, strength coach, um, you know, whether you're a physical therapist, we don't just treat the physical, you know, there, right. there is a psychological component to it. Now, I mean, I'm not prescribing drugs. I'm not, you know, you know sure. but you know, that's part of, that's within our scope of practice is to, is to at least, uh, have someone, you know, if we recognize something that needs to be addressed to at least and say, hey, potentially you need to talk to someone about this. Um, yeah. But yeah, man. I mean, look, it's again, as long. Yeah. It, yes. Part of it. Part of this is a social endeavor. Um, and, and, and like if people are getting better, I, you know, again, it's, I, like I said before, it's better than the alternative. This is gold, man, because, you know, somebody is going to I know a lot of very young physical therapists actually just through LinkedIn, just meeting people yeah. and then people are going into it. And I, my goal is like for, <clears throat> I want you to have you on. Cause I figured I was like, Oh, just be a great person who's in the business, owns their own physical therapy practice. And there's so many people out there that I see that at least are going into this profession. It's good to, you know, kind of hear the war stories. <laughs> What's going on. And, yeah. you know, like, Hey, you might get some people who are kind of there to just, you know, chat with you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and you know, that because I was saying sometimes people getting to any business, they have this idealized version of what the business is going to be. Or like, and, and with me with, with exercise is, you know, I always get a lot of trainers who are like, I want to change the world. I want to get all these people fit and stuff. I'm like, uh, <laughs> first of all, that's a pretty uphill battle. Uh, yeah. not a lot of people like to exercise. In fact, m most people don't. <laughs> really. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, you can work with the people that are around you in your area that you can influence. You know, it's it's very difficult to, you know, influence all these people. But I think it's, you know, what are the realistic expectations of the profession, whatever that is. And that yeah. transitions for me is like, what's the future of physical therapy? Like, what if you look down the road and you say, OK, let's say 20 years in the future. Does physical therapy look the same as it is today or is there... Is there like new technologies, things coming up? There's like, man, this is going to be amazing. This is going to be some crazy stuff. I mean, I, let's put it this way. I hope, I hope it's not the same as it is today. Uh, then mm -hmm. we have made little, little progress in terms of um, letting the world know what, what we can do and, and, how, and how we can help people. Um, you know, so what do I foresee? I mean, sure, technology is probably going to play a big role in what fashion. Um, it'll, it'll make it, you know, things like telehealth. You know, hope you know. Mm. Hopefully, something like that will make it 
it will make us more easily accessible because um, I think that a lot of people, for whatever reason, they can't they can't get out of their house, um, mm-hmm. and all they need is hey, I need someone here to just kind of show me what I can do, um, help me out a little bit, and I don't want to take medication, um, or if I do, like I want to kind of weed myself off, you know, and all I want to do is just kind of I want to feel better, help help me feel better, and we have the skill set to diagnose and treat, like I said, and you know, making it making it easier for someone to, to have access to us. So that's definitely something I think is going to happen. Um, look, I, you know, in terms of if you look at kind of like the the pattern of evidence that's been going on, um, everything kind of keeps coming back to, look, there's one thing that's tried and true, and that is movement. Um, so I don't know how much technology is mm-hmm. going to affect, um, affect that, but um, I, I, you know, I think that at the end of the day, 20, you know, 20 years from now, 50 years from now, 100 years from now, people are still going to need to move. Uh, and I yeah. don't think there's, there's nothing out there that says that movement is bad for you. Uh, you know, no. so <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there ever will be. Uh, I can't imagine. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, all, it, so it all kind of comes back to that key tenet of what we do, which is uh, improving how people move and helping them move better so that they can do do the things that they want to do. Do you think there'll be kind of a, and I don't know, is really why I'm asking is I've seen it in, in different spaces. I take, like you were talking about massage therapy, you know, there's a Zeal now. Are you familiar with Zeal? Uh, I'm not, no. So it's an app. It's basically Perfect. like an, it's like Uber for massage. Uh, okay. So essentially, you just go on there, boom, boom, you can find a massage. You go into some town, town X, boom, 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 I need a massage, and they come to you. Yeah. Do you ever see something like that maybe happening to physical therapy? I mean, if there's not too many barriers for it? Yeah, so they do have, I mean, so there's there's home health. Out in the right, I'm familiar with that, yeah. That before. So it's, I mean, I presumably once we... Uh, can get past if there's maybe some HIPAA, you know, HIPAA yeah. protection, you know, that type of stuff, then, um, then, then those type of things, I'm sure that, that there would be a way to protect that. And then, yeah, it's be like, hey, uh, I need a PT to come to my house uh, in yeah. five minutes. Okay, I'll be there. And you, know, right. you, do, you do treatment, you do diagnosis, treatment right then and there. So I can't, I, you know, I, I, I think that's definitely something now that I'm aware of it. Um, you know, yeah, I think it's something that probably will be out there. Um, if you want to go in and on the idea together, I'm all for it. So, okay. Um, well, listen, I, this is what we're doing ideas. We can trade market right now. Patent pending. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just think there's so much going on with technology and convenience for people. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think there's a lot of people out there just trying to convenience the hell out of life and say, Hey, I really don't want to leave my house. Yeah. <laughs> Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, I think you should move. You should yeah. definitely get out of your house and move around. Yeah. But I think, you know, now you can order, you can, you, you got a favorite restaurant, you can get it brought, the food, the dish you love can be brought to you. Uber uh-huh. Eats or Postmates or stuff like that, you know? Yep. And then they have like dark kitchens now that I just read about. Yeah. They're basically under, they're, they're basically kicking the legs out of some traditional restaurants, you know, because there's no overhead, it's really low cost, mm-hmm. and you just, boom, you produce the food, get it to people. I just wonder how that is going to trickle into professions like physical therapy and stuff like that, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think that, uh, you know, there's still, yes, I think that's going to, to definitely play a role, um, you know, and, and so as long as, um, 
as long as those protections are in place, like I said, about patient mm-hmm. privacy and stuff like that, then I think, you know, that's, a def- I think it's a good thing. Uh, it's because I think that it'll, mm-hmm. it'll get more people out there who need our, who need care. It'll get them ac- access that they don't have. You know, with that said, just to talk about restaurants, you know, there's, so I live in Tampa. There's a restaurant called Burns um, that I love. To, I love to take my, well, my wife and I like to go there on special yeah. occasions. And it's a fantastic steakhouse. Um, there's something to say be said about the experience too. So yeah, of course. So, so point being, like you know, there people will still come to see me uh, or to other mm-hmm. physical therapists just to have that experience of coming to the clinic because it's different than what they have at home. Um, so that that I don't think that that's going to go away. Uh, I, I think, but I think that more people will have access to healthcare. Yeah, um, that, that deserve it with things like technology. Do you think that over the course of your clinic, like how does your clinic not grow in terms of clientele, but how does it change over time? Let's say 10 years from now, is there a different vibe to your clinic that you envision? Is there a different, I don't know. I got this weird thought in my head. I don't even want to put it out there. <laughs> like, <laughs> not like you can have like dancing clowns in the foyer or something like that. But like, Ooh, how did you, you know? know like, how did you know? I, I didn't know. I, I just, I threw it out there, Hayes, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> like. But is there like, I, I don't know why, I'm, my, my brain's going in weird places today, but like, is there like different designs that clinics that maybe will become more futuristic or more, um, I don't know, I, I'm going somewhere yeah. with this, but like, you know, is it like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. So I'm, listen, I'm, I'm sure that, you know, if we're, you know, I, and now you got me thinking about Back to the Future. Uh, That's and, true. And, yeah. <laughs> Look, I, I, I am I am sure that there'll be something in, you know, where somebody just walks in through the front door and maybe, you know, so I just saw a story on, uh, I think it was 60 Minutes about people in Sweden are now getting microchips in their hand um, uh. so, so they don't have to carry around their wallet. Uh, I just heard about this. Keys or anything like that. They just kind of swipe their hand. They lock their door. They, uh, they can pay for stuff. Um, look, I'm sure something like that will happen where someone just walks in to my clinic, I, you know, as a microchip reader, and I don't know, some futuristic voice comes out and they're like, welcome, Mr. Smith. Uh, we will be yeah. right with you. Yeah. Like, uh, how is your knee feeling today? You know, something along right. those lines. So yeah. I'm sure that that type of stuff. Oh, we have your uh, custom made, you know, uh, ca- coffee order coming up right now. Right. Um, you know, so it, I'm sure that potentially something like that to make it more like customer service driven. Um, because, yeah. you know, that's, you know, people, again, going back to the experience part, um, you know, people want, look, there are other physical therapists out there who have same, same, same credentials as I do. Um, yeah. you know, and, and, and they are doing similar things that what I'm doing. Um, the, why I think that we make a, a difference or why we are different is that we have a different experience when you come here. Um, and so we have, we, that's why we practice kind of one-on-one care, um, with our patients, with just doctors of physical therapy, uh, because it's a different experience than you get at the majority of, of other outpatient clinics. Um, and so point being kind of coming back to, you know, your original question, people will still want to have that. So that social experience that, that yeah. customized experience. And so when people walk in and Mr. Smith with his knee pain comes in and, he, and he's, uh, announced as Mr. Smith and, you know, mm-hmm. and his, his coffee order is brought up right then and there without him having to say anything. And Mr. Smith is like, Oh, I, I, I like this place. Like, I this like place. this. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this is very nice. So I think, I think this is a place for me. So, 
Wow. I was going all types of places. I wish there was like a, a visual of my head and what I was thinking. I was at like this crazy physical therapy clinic in my mind. It was like a slide in there or something. And I was like, you're, you're wet. You're better now. Down the slide. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, like one of those Japanese game shows. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, like your last you day. Yeah, you graduate. You get to go down the yeah. slide, and it goes outside of the clinic, like right out to the I, door. I think you look. I don't know. I'll, I like these ideas. I'm gonna have to keep. I'm gonna have to keep them. <laughs> I'm just these, saying, so. man. Yeah. You know, if it's maybe like a fire up, pole or something, you yeah, know, like yeah. <laughs> like. If it starts popping up on my social media where people are, you know, just slide, sliding down a pole to graduate, well, then I'll give. I'll yeah. Give, I'll say, <laughs> well, this is all things. Yeah, but then yeah, if they yeah, hurt yeah. themselves on the way down, you know, then they just come right <laughs> back upstairs, yeah. you know, like, uh, and then it's over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you're back, you're back again, type of thing. We'll get you going. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Hayes, man, it's a uh, man. The time flew by. It's already an hour. Jeez, man. Um, man, <laughs> I always enjoy speaking with you, and I appreciate you. I know you're doing great work, Thank and you. um, I know we'll continue. I will definitely continue to stay connected, send out you know texts or whatever to see how you're doing. I love to nurture the people that I connect with. And this is just another way of doing it, you know. Yeah, so thank I, you for coming on. Well, I, I appreciate it, man. It's been it's been an honor and, and uh I, I definitely enjoy the conversation as well. And you know, time flies when you're having fun. That's right, exactly. Well, you have a great I guess it looks like evening probably at this point where you're at. Yes. Um, yeah. here in Florida, yeah, and, it's evening, evening time. Awesome. Yeah. Well, enjoy uh the rest of your day and time with your family and we'll we'll talk another time. Thank you, man. Appreciate it, Darian. All right. Later. Got it. Sure, we have 30 seconds to tell you that drivers who switch to Progressive could save big. But then what? Well, there is a nice piece of stock music playing behind me that a talented composer worked really hard on. So let's enjoy it. Almost overshadows the saving big when you switch to progressive part. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Any workout, any mood, any time. That's what the Peloton Tread is all about. From interval runs that motivate you to go the extra mile, power walks that work up a sweat, rolling hill hikes for you to enjoy, and full body boot camps to hit your goals. Plus thousands of workouts that go beyond the tread. Strength programs, core classes, yoga, Pilates, and even boxing. Everything you need on and off the Peloton tread. Experience it all for yourself with a 30-day home trial. Learn more at OnePeloton.com.